1: Hello and welcome to my podcast. It's Friday. That means it's time for keys to the game, commanders facing the lines, and then a prediction at the end. If you're following us on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. If you're listening to us and want to subscribe to the John Con Report, do so wherever you get your podcast. It's always much appreciated on YouTube. Again, you can find us at Empire Media, A-M-P-I-R-E. Check us out. We appreciate it. Let's get to the keys and the predictions to the Commanders game against the Lions on Sunday. So let's start with the first key, limit DeAndre Swift. Kind of obvious, right? He rushed for 144 yards last week, 175 yards from scrimmage. I will say he did practice on Friday, did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday. I believe it was an ankle injury that was limiting him, certainly expecting to play. So we're just going to assume he's going to play. So how do they stop or at least limit DeAndre Swift? He can be an explosive player. You heard ESPN's Eric Woodyard on the podcast earlier this week. If you didn't hear it, go back and check it out. But he gave a really good scouting report on what the commanders will face in the Lions and Swift in particular. One of the things that the Lions did really well last week against the Eagles, some a lot of traps and some power runs with Swift, getting him into the second level unscathed. They need there. There were a lot of times he wasn't getting hit uh, right away or if he was getting touched, At the first level, it was a hand touch, right? So technically, it's yards after contact, but it really wasn't a clean shot that somebody missed. You get him out to the second. and the third level, he's going to make some guys miss. And I do think that one of the things that this team likes is that they feel like their corners are going to tackle better than what they saw in film from the Eagles' corners last week against Swift in particular. So, again, they they do that well. A couple of times they saw the, the Lions, what they also did well. They'd let the the defensive line from the Eagles penetrate, get upfield. You want to go to the side? We're going to take you to that side. But what they would do is instead of double teaming, they would then release two of the linemen and get right to the linebackers. So that way they funnel funnel the guys to wherever they want to go, play off that, get to the second level, create a situation, a positive situation for Swift, get him get him in open space and let him move. So the key there is the linebackers here have to be aggressive attacking the line. That's something that they've been a little bit better at, Cole Holcomb and Jamin Davis. But I wouldn't be surprised if you see some of that some of the looks with David Mayo in there as well. We've heard a lot of talk this week about Jamin Davis. They felt like his game was at best so-so in the opener against Jacksonville. A lot of that stemmed from coverage issues. It wasn't that he got beat by Christian Kirk. It's It's that, yes, they know it was a bad, a tough matchup for him, but then he compounded it in their eyes by not always playing with good leverage or not playing to his help. So sometimes he may have help inside, but he played inside leverage, which then forces Kirk to go outside away from the help. Little things like that where they felt like he could have helped himself, helped himself better. Now, again, against the run, in this case, we're talking about Swift. And let me say this about Davis he got beat by ETN on the early wheel route against the against the Jags in the opener. But then, and that part of that was he just took a very flat step. After that, against the wheel route, he did a much better job opening up and taking that route away. So they're not done with his development, but if, if you, there was a lot of talk about him, so I wanted to address it while I was talking about the linebackers. But don't be surprised again if they go to some Mayo Holcomb to stop the run because that's what they feel the best run stopping look is. Also, if Cam Curl can play, When he gets back, he still has the hand wrapped. He's questionable for Sunday. One thing we did, we did see him out there and active more on Friday. But one thing we haven't seen him do that he hasn't done is catch any passes with that hand to test how the thumb is. And I think that's clearly because they don't want to do it just yet. And he said that the ligaments still need to heal. He told us that earlier in the week. But when curl is back, you can then, as I talked about in the podcast the other day, you can then go to some of those 51 sets. 5D lineman, they like that look. You could do it again Sunday, create some one-on-ones for the lineman, one linebacker, but then you can get that three-safety look with Curl being a big safety up in the box, allows you to use Derek Forrest um, as well in that situation. Another way to get speed on the field is if you did that, you can go, again, five D-backs, but have put a Jeremy Reeves with McCain in the back, get some speed, and then Benjamin St. Juiced or Forrest up, up near the box. But again, those are all different packages. But my point is, don't be surprised if you see some of Mayo this week in that role. Um, so just let's see what happens there. I don't know for sure, but I do think it's something, too, that bears watching, especially after the way they were talking about Jamie Davis during the week. Um, but again, the linebackers have to be aggressive. You sit back and wait for them, he's going to get that Swift will get to that second level. The other thing, when the Eagles held him well, they would funnel him back to the middle where there is help. That's another key and something that they must do very well. Gang tackling against him is a big key because, again, you get him in the open field, second, third level, he can make guys miss. Second key, win inside. And that means with the interior of Washington's defensive line. And that is a good thing for Washington that that I'm going to list this because that's where they're strong and it's where Detroit is weak, especially this week. So, Deron Payne and John Allen both had really good games. I thought Payne was really, really good last week. Very active against Brandon Sheriff. Had a really nice game. They both had a sack. and But the reason why they both had a sack is because of the, it's the in tandem pass rushing that we're finally starting to see. The, as John Allen said, rushing is one, not as four individuals. On um, And I told you this earlier this week on, on Daron Payne's sack. That's an example of being in sync because Daron Payne, Starts to loop to the middle. It's not a called stunt. It was a freelanced stunt. But then once Allen sees what Payne is doing, he then loops back outside to fill the gap, to fill the void that left by Payne. Ron Rivera talked about this happening at other times with this line. That's a good sign, and that's something they need more of. But here's the real issue for Detroit. This is where they're weak on Sunday. So they have an all-pro center in Frank Ragnall. He has a practice week. They have um, Pro Bowl left guard. He has a practice this week. They have issues at right guard. That's it's a bad, bad situation for them. Taylor Decker, the left tackle, is slowed as well. That's going to be an area that Washington has to take advantage of. Again, Jonah Jackson, left guard, I don't know what he's going to play. And I just mentioned him. He's he was a pro bowler. But without those without those two inside, plus a right guard that just had his tough game last week, and the starter there is out as well. So that's an issue for Detroit. That's where Washington can really take advantage. Now, excuse me, Jared Goff, one of the things you want to put pressure on him, you want to put pressure on every quarterback. This team does feel that that Goff responds well under pressure. Last week, though, he was 9 for 18 under duress. There were a couple drops by by DJ Chark, was one of the guys who dropped the ball. I saw a couple drops in those situations. Goff did get rid of the ball very fast. His average time of release or time before throwing was 2.47 seconds. That was the fastest fastest time in the NFL in week one, but that's where you can if you can win inside and they can create some issues up there and you then occasionally get sweat to and get sweat and in Casey Tuhill, James with Williams push um, golf up, pinch him inside. They could have a pretty solid day inside there. By the way, Sweat had a good game in the opener, but they really liked too what Casey Tuhill did. The, the feeling with him, and this is where you go, and I, I'm going to go back to that 51 set for, for a minute here since I thought of it. Well, One of the things that he gives you in that five D lineman set is a guy who can drop and play in some coverage, play in space. You saw that last week. They, they bring the corners aggressively, but if you're going to do that, they, want to bring, they still like to bring four and drop seven, but that four can come from anywhere. So you saw with the corners a couple of times, some corner blitzes, and you'd see the tackles, for example, drop in the middle. You'd see the you'd see two hill drop on occasion, and they like two hill and Shaka Tony in that kind of role. So if they go to five D lineman set, there are things that you can do in the past, and it's not just to stop the run; it's to create almost like a de facto three four look for an offense. Because who is going to come? They may not always send five, so who is going to come? That's what two hill gives you, and that's what those guys can be effective pinching toward the middle. Letting Allen and Payne have a big day, and then along with that, corners got corners have to play well. Um, the one thing that this I know there was a lot of heat thrown at the corners last week. One of the things they really liked was the aggressiveness and the physical play by the corners Fuller, St. Juice, and Jackson. They need to continue that this week. They do. Detroit does have weapons that can hurt you. They're not a bad offense at all. So those guys have to kind of clamp down, have a good game as well, along with that interior pressure.
0: The NFL's opening week was action-packed, and it's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $250 in free bets instantly. Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KIME K-E-I-M to get $250 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code KIME only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for the details.
1: Finally, The last one, the last key to me, win outside on offense. That means the receivers against Detroit's secondary. One of the things the Lions really like to do is play a lot of press man. We saw it last week. There's almost, there's about half the time against the Eagles, they're going to be in press man. They did a lot of that last year. Now, they will play zone. They definitely will play zone. And it wouldn't shock you if they play more zone this week because this is a tough offense and a tough receiving core who play a lot of man-to-man coverage against. If they do, these guys have to feast on the outside. And the guy, my bold prediction for ESPN.com this week was uh, that Jahan Dotson would top 100 yards for the first time in his career. It's only two games, but first time in his career because I think they're going to have some issues being able to match up all over the place. And Jeffrey Okuda, whom Terry McClure knows from Ohio State, knows that he's a physical corner. Then their other, Detroit, the other issue for them is that Amani? I, mean, I want to make sure I pronounce his name right, Oruwarie, Oru-ra- Oruwarie, Penn State teammate of Jahan Dotson's. He has not practiced, and there's concern that he may not be able to play. So if he doesn't, that's a big loss for Detroit. So that may limit their ability to play as much press man as they want to and get their hands and test this receiving core in that situation. If they do play a lot of man, even if they don't, I still think you got to win outside. But if they do, then you're going to start to see Washington move some of these guys around. One of the things they did really well last week was exactly that, moving guys around, getting them in motion before the snap, and taking them away from some of those press situations, creating an advantage for them by getting them on the move, et cetera. And you're using some that you saw a lot of picks, screens, or we'll call them more obstructive screens, instead of just because, you know, just running into guys or at least obstructing them and making it tough to get over there. They did that very well. So if they see that press, man, again, it was, you know, for all you guys who want teams to play up a lot, then you would have liked what you saw from Detroit last week as far as the style of play. They'd give up a lot of points. Keep in mind, I don't think this Lions defense is horrible. I think one of the things that hurt them last week, especially early, was Jalen Hurts' legs. It wasn't like guys are just running wild and running free. There there was Jalen Hurts hurt them with his with his legs, I think A.J. Brown had a nice game eventually and got going after the first quarter. But, you know, so don't just take for granted. They're going to just hang a lot of points on them. But I think if if the Lions are thin, thinner at cornerback, it makes a big difference if they stay with their stay, their big style of press man and look for Dotson, to me, to have a big game. And I think the other thing, if they don't, then I like Logan Thomas and J.D. McKissick against their old team. This group did not get rid of them but I'll never understand why the Lions didn't use J.D. McKissick more when he was here. And Logan Thomas clearly has developed as a player since he was here in Detroit as well. If they stay with Mann, I think that leads both as well for the outside as it does for Thomas, because the concern for him is that you're going to put a quicker guy on him. That's when he can body up and be effective in the red zone, especially. So there you go. Those to me are the keys of the game. Now, my prediction, I think the, All week I've been going back and forth in this game because I think this is going to be a very tough game for Washington. I think Detroit is an improved team. You don't want to go 0-2 at home. This is a big year for them to show progress, just like it is for Washington to show some progress. But you can't start year two 0-2 at home. That makes the Lions a a desperate team, no doubt. My concern for them are the injuries. There there are some key injuries at, at spots that I think are going to make it tough for them especially at the interior and then at corner. If that's the case, then that's why I'm going to stick with Washington in this one. I'll just say commanders, 30 to 27. I don't know, if, you know, we'll see if the lines, if the lines have the issues along the front. I don't know that they get to 27. It may be then a 27 to 21 type game. Um, but regardless, I like Washington in this one because of those injuries. So there you go. That's it for me. I appreciate you tuning in. Reminder, check out Between the Hashes, my son Matthew's preview of the college football games this weekend. That's on the Empire Media YouTube page. as And he does a game of the week. And he also does an underrated game of the week and hits on some other games as well. And I'll be back after the game with the voice of the Commanders, Graham Weinstein. That video, that, excuse me, that podcast will be up probably around 10.30 Sunday night. Video will be up first thing Monday morning. Check it out. As always, I appreciate it and talk to you next time.